June 10th, 2016. I'm thankful that the government agencies do anything, although it isn't much. I sent the following to USDA and to the FWC on June 25th, 2016, along with screenshots of the conversation Gloria had on her Facebook wall to back it up. According to Gloria Johnson's Facebook page, she appeared to have imported a five-week-old bobcat kitten from Lynn Culver across state lines, and I gave the link to it. Does she have a license and proper facilities to house a bobcat? Did she obtain a proper import permit? How can a bobcat kitten, who is too young for their shots, be transported into Florida? It was my understanding that she lost her tigers due to being unable to provide proper care and housing. A bobcat is smaller, but needs far more than the confines of her home. They never seemed to take any action on complaints, so I didn't expect a call back. But I got one from, and I'm not going to name who it was. He said that Gloria did not have a license to possess bobcats, that she did not obtain a legal import permit to bring the bobcat into the state, and that the fact that the bobcat has not gotten its shots wasn't their problem, but that USDA was looking into it. So what are you going to do? I asked. Gloria has the proper facilities, so she can apply for a Class II license to keep the bobcat. Where will that bobcat go until that is done? I pressed. It's staying with her, he said sheepishly, and then tried to say it was with the inspector's discretion to do so. I don't want the bobcat, as that is another 20-year commitment for us, but I'm sure the kitten won't live long with someone I believe to be a drug addict. The USDA hasn't and won't respond to me about the bobcat, but at least they are finally taking some action on the 70-page briefing that we gave them in 2012 on why it's already a violation of the Animal Welfare Act to pull cubs and use them as pay-to-play prop props. Slow progress, but progress nonetheless. I'm thankful that my parents are as sharp as they are and that they take so much of the day-to-day -day burdens off of me so that I can focus on ending the trade in exotic cats. Sometimes my mother's flakiness worries me, but for the most part, she's sharp and both are extremely hardworking. I keep thinking that my father's immobility will make it impossible for him to work, which would kill him. But every day I see him filling in different roles that I would not, not expect. He's adaptive like a cat. I'm glad my brother was so well-loved as a police officer. In that role, he met a highway planner named Gareth Klotz, who was tasked with lighting an intersection in Florida Panther Territory at State Road 29 at I-75. The feds mandated that all intersections be lit, but the state was pushing back and saying that you can't light the roads in Florida Panther habitat or it will kill the cats. Klotz asked Chuck for a meeting with me, but this was really Jamie's domain, so I brought her. Jamie was prepared for the meeting and brought a list of Florida Panther deaths in 2016, along with where they happened. As we were looking at the maps, Jamie said, it would be interesting to know if the locations where Florida Panthers were killed by cars were lit or not. She and Garrett mused over whether or not the information from past accident reports and the access to Google Earth would yield that information. Garrett needed our final report by tomorrow, but Jamie got right on it last week, and on Thursday we sent him our letter. He tweaked it and submitted it as follows. 
Cumber and Fair has added Big Cat Rescue CEO Carol Baskin and President Jamie Murdoch to provide specific evaluation on the proposed lighting effects on panthers and the preserve area. Carol and Jamie bring to our team 38 years and 24 years experience respectively with the behavioral nature of exotic cat species, as well as the rehabilitation and release of native Florida bobcats as licensed wildlife rehabbers. Jamie and Carol own and operate Big Cat Rescue in Tampa, in which they rehab and maintain 80 plus lions, tigers, bobcats, cougars, and other species, and are the main call center for wildcat rescue and rehab within the Florida region. Jamie has spent the last 11 years studying wild bobcat populations and species habits via non-invasive camera traps. In review, the project limits, as they are familiar with this preserve area, both Carol and Jamie support the installation of lighting at the referenced intersection and believe that the lights will do no harm to the neighboring Florida panther population, but rather will help protect this imperiled species. Jamie has conducted preliminary in-depth research which identified a staggering number of Florida panther deaths have occurred not only on roadways, but more specifically, primarily, on unlit roadways. 48 Florida panthers of the estimated population of 100 to 180 have perished between July 5th of 2015 and July 7th of 2016. Of these 48 deaths, 38 were the result of a collision with a vehicle. 32 of these vehicular deaths occurred on roadways that had no lighting at all. Six of these vehicular deaths occurred on roadways with various lighting. However, two of these six reports did not list an exact location, only a general area, so both could quite possibly have occurred on parts of the roadways that did not have lighting. As mentioned above, Carol and Jamie agree that the proposed lighting should have no negative impacts on the Florida panther, but rather might very well protect the species from future loss of life in this prime panther territory surrounding the State Road 29 and Alligator Alley interchange. One reason is that drivers will have better visibility and may avoid collisions. The other is that the Florida panthers will have a better opportunity to see approaching vehicles rather than just headlights that may not signify the size of the threat. Regards, Gareth M. Klotz. If you enjoyed these video blogs of my diary, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you.